thinking is an act of volition, of trying to get from where we are to where we want to get, where feelings often seem to get in the way. But the truth is, we need both of them in the right balance, where we appreciate both to give us the direction and the fuel to make happen anything that means something to us. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This episode is for everyone interested in ideas and practical tools to develop the most useful skills for yourself and for the people you care about. One of the greatest tragedies, I think, is the fact that as we live our lives, we take the ordinary, day in and day out, and by seeing it every day, we make it less interesting, more mundane, less inspiring. The other thing is, the things that are not ordinary, if we are not exposed to them too much, can become threatening where we don't dare do things we're perfectly capable of doing because we don't feel up for it. And one of the best ways to make sure we live the best life that we can live at this time, at this moment, is to make sure that we balance these two things out so that we can appreciate those things that we've experienced so many times in our personal lives, our work lives, and in any other area that we've experienced hundreds or thousands of times and still appreciate them. And this is a hard thing to do. As you're driving home the same way as you did a hundred times before, or walk the same path, the same streets, to appreciate the moment. And I think there are ways of becoming better at both accounts by creating a system that'll put in place something that'll make us more aware, more mindful a few times a day as practice. This is why any sort of meditation can teach us to appreciate more, to relax into the present and live it Appreciate the moment for what it is, rather than race ahead in our thoughts or go back to our past experience and recreate models that we think might be recreated. Because there are only certain types of moments, I think, when we are fully alive, when we are really engaged, when all the masks and any facade that we have will fall off. And it generally happens when we stop for a moment and we stop acting and reacting habitually without thinking, without giving ourselves the space and the time to make an actual decision to act or not act. And on the other hand, when we get in the flow, where we become so absorbed in an activity that we lose track of time, And our mind, our emotions, and our body become one, working in perfect synchrony 
towards a goal. So one of the goals in life for me would be to make it so that we can have as many of both kinds of experiences as we can get. Because these will lead to more appreciation, more happiness, and more success than thinking per se ever can. And getting in the rut is one of the bigger problems that we face today in our civilization. Because most of our needs, generally speaking, are met. We have enough to eat. We can get some sort of a shelter, some clothes to put on our bodies. We have all of these very basic needs met. But we are not happier for it. In fact, the opposite tends to happen. And it always fascinated me to see that the cultures that are poor, that are less focused on money and property and social position, people living in these cultures tend to be happier, more relaxed, more accepting, as if having more and trying to get more really is the problem. And in a sense it is. Because it makes us focus on what we don't have or don't have yet. Which will make us less happy, not more. One of my passions is travel. And I realize that when I return home from a vacation in the south, and I like warm countries such as Italy or Spain or Greece, I don't overall become happier having traveled to these countries. In a way, the opposite can happen. If I'm having a great time traveling and then I come back, it's more like getting a taste of something that you now lose. Which just confirms the theory that the more we have in terms of experiences or with property, it doesn't have the effect we would think it has or that it should have. This is why appreciating the ordinary is so powerful if we can do that. And if we can teach ourselves to have that appreciation, even in the face of new experiences, new learning, combining those two things makes the ideal combination for a good life. And there's no balance in life unless we learn to give as well as receive. Because so many times, the good experiences don't lead us to want to give back as much as to get more. And learning to share and appreciate and give back is more of a learned skill, an acquired taste. And something happens as we grow, in experience and in position, and in possessions as well, that we start to put layers onto us that we think is the right deal, that make us better and bigger. And we cut off those ordinary happy moments that don't seem to be good enough. Sometimes we need to be made aware, reminded of how good we have it and of the fact that nothing is permanent. That if we think that that life will only be good from now on or only be bad. We're never right. 
Not in the least. Because things are always in a flow. And whatever is happening now will pass. In fact, I find that a useful affirmation, if you will, a reminder. Especially when things seem to be really good. Just to remind yourself that this will pass. And that is okay. It can give you the right perspective on life. Because life is a flow, and we shouldn't be trying to stop it by thinking in our heads that our experience is permanent when in fact it is not. So stop, stop for a moment, right now if you can. Think about the things that you now take for granted, that were once new and shiny and interesting. Look back with the same eyes that you had when you were growing up. See if you can get some of that appreciation back and keep it for a while. Even as you go for your goals, trying to make yourself better, accumulate or accrue experiences that will make your life better if you don't hold on to them too tight. I find that the more I have, the less authentic I will tend to naturally become. And I need to counterbalance that. I need to be aware of the fact that it is happening. And then let go of some of those things that seem so important in the moment, realizing they will go away. And by doing so, teach me a lesson. Being able to let go emotionally, to be vulnerable, if you will, is a strength, not a weakness. The flexibility that comes from that, from accepting what we have and being appreciative and thankful for what we get, and at the same time being ready to let go of it. That is the right mindset that can allow us to be happy in spite of our possessions rather than for them. Where what we think are gifts or what we say to other people are their gifts that we can see actually are good for us because we don't hold on to them too tight. Because anything we can let go of can enhance our lives. But the mental flexibility of keeping the right distance, of not craving too much, or being fearful of losing what we have. The right mindset, the flexibility of thought, is one of the keys for a happy and successful life for anyone. Because the emotional defenses that we have, that make us resist change and letting go, those defenses are the first and foremost mechanism that'll prevent growth. And we need to feel safe first in order to make that transition without making it unnecessarily difficult. Because when we feel we are not safe, we will resist any change. We're programmed to do that biologically. Because we live in a society where change is usually good, or almost always good. 
but our bodies haven't caught up to that yet. We were not made to appreciate our emotions as much as to be controlled by them. Because emotions can make us act fast in times of danger. And it wasn't as important for our survival in the past to always be right about our emotions. It was much more important to be scared of new things because sometimes those new things would be very bad and it would only take one mistake to be the last one. Now these situations very rarely happen and we can afford to think about the pros and cons and then make a rational decision or decision based on what we actually want what we want to move towards rather than away from what we want to avoid. So that these feelings that we are programmed to feel, they don't need to control us. They can enrich our lives and in fact ground us, lead us to who we are, who we want to be, as we don't need to run anymore. Feelings can make us more real, more grounded, more authentic, as we share our time and life experience with other people without worrying as much about what might happen as a result. Going back to feelings can make us more integrated. All those parts of our mind, our psyche, that psychologists talk about, like the superego, which is pretty much all facade, taken from the outside. The ego itself, which is who we are, trying to distinguish and create who we are, who we want to be, and the id, the most unconscious feelings and impulses. We can bring more light into all three parts and bring them closer together to appreciate and get the benefits of all. And as we do that, we realize that we really need less in life. To appreciate much more of all those good things that we get, that we create for ourselves, and all those other things that come along. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. Remember that learning is a change of behavior. You can adjust your thoughts and your environment to better suit your goals. And it works best if you do it for other people's benefit. You can support this podcast by writing me a comment or suggestion at pdartofsd at gmail.com or just by telling your friends. Whatever you do today, leave the world a little better than you found it. Thank you.